Welcome to the Building Community Podcast, a show for thought leaders like you. You know that success depends on relationships between your organization and the people in and around it. In our show, I speak with experts about building people networks and engaging community. Together, we share how community helps you reach your corporate goals. I'm your host, Simona Pecha, and I've been empowering organizations for a decade and a half doing exactly that. Ready for it? Listen in as we set out to make communities thrive. They want to help and they want to help each other and they want to see each other be successful. That is what Anne Young sees in her community every day. Anne is the Director for Community Strategy and Engagement at Salesforce.org. Her and her team foster and cultivate engagement in the Power of Us Hub that was launched in 2013 as Salesforce.org's online community of customers, partners, and staff. Today, they call their 35,000 community members trailblazers or hubbers. They're all professionals who work in the nonprofit or education sector, and they utilize Salesforce.org's powerful knowledge hub as a source for gaining knowledge and identifying innovations that can drive their organization's success. And Anne's advice? Provide them with the tools they need and offer exceptional experiences. Hi, Anne. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And I want to start a little bit different from what I typically do on our podcast. Okay. Look at you and your role a little bit in the beginning. I want to look first at what is it that you enjoy most about your role and what is it that you do that makes you feel accomplished every day? <laughs> That's a great question. When Mark Benioff started Salesforce, he started with something called the 111 model or the pledge 1% model where companies give back 1% of their time, 1% of their product and 1% of their revenue mm-hmm. to organizations doing good in the world. And that then birthed all this that is a big part of what goes on at Salesforce now and how we have this wonderful community of nonprofit and education users of our technology. I get to work with those people every day. So while I'm not in the trenches and doing the groundwork, I get to hear the stories and I get to help them achieve their missions by talking to each other and leveraging our technology. It really feels good And that's what I love about my job. But more than anything, I love my community members. Mm -hmm. I think I work with some of the smartest, most interesting, most good-hearted people that I've ever met. And I'm really inspired by the work that they do. It's just hard to not be excited to come to work every day. It's a tech company that uses their product, their technology to do good. And you get to work with those people in that community. So who are the members of your community? The members of our community are individuals at nonprofit organizations or education institutions who use Salesforce technology. Mm -hmm. So generally, when you think of Salesforce, you think, oh, this person is using it to sell tires or whatever it may be. But they're also using specific products of ours to run education institutions, do student success, do advancement projects and get more money for their organizations. And then on the nonprofit side, they're using it for fundraising. They're using it for human services activities. 
So the people in our community, mm-hmm. for the most part, are the people doing that work every day. They're the Salesforce admins and the IT professionals who are making everyone's jobs easier with our technology and then helping grow their mission. We're helping them feed people or put roofs over people's heads or educate children. And so it's a really inspiring place to be. How is the community contributing to improving the lives of, you call them the trailblazers or the hubbers, right? Yes, yes. So how is the community making the life and the work of your members better? How are you actually helping them on a daily basis while they're in that community? They are called nonprofit organizations. They don't have a lot of extra money lying around. And anyone who's worked closely with a university or a school knows that the situation is the same over there. So a lot of times these people are understaffed and don't have money to spend on resources. So Yes, maybe they can implement the technology and they put the budget together, but they don't have $350 an hour to hire a consultant to help them with everyday challenges and everyday questions and to grow their programs. They come to the Power of Us Hub and they ask each other those questions. It's like a little water cooler. It becomes like Mm -hmm. their place to go and interact with each other and get to know each other and really meet challenges. And it's a really inspiring thing to see that people who are working on all sorts of different stuff take time out of their day to say, I want to help this person and I want to make it happen. And I think what's so cool about getting to work with people from these spaces, from nonprofit and education, is they're just like intrinsically driven to want to give back. They want to help each other and they want to see each other be successful. And it's it's been really cool to see us grow over the years. We launched in 2013. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these people have become friends and colleagues and have worked for each other in different capacities. And it's really become a very thriving group. It's really that we have some awesome people and they really thrive off of each other's energy and each other's work. It works out really well. This is a huge knowledge hub where people can go ask questions get information out so that every day they can do their work better. Yeah, absolutely. And beyond just asking the questions of each other, we have a knowledge base built within our community Mm -hmm. so they can access product documentation or best practice articles or various things that they need all right there within the community. I think as a community manager, once you get someone in, what you don't want to do is drive them elsewhere. You don't want to be sending them links to articles from the New York Times. You want to keep yeah. them within the community and getting answers from each other and answers from the resources that you provide. So I always try to push people within the community. We even have um, an automated welcome message so that when you join our community, it immediately pushes you to getting started information that's going to help you use our products and help you be successful from the get-go. Because it's intimidating sometimes to be like, I'm going to ask my question right away. We want to guide people to the resources. Mm -hmm. And also, if you reply in that thread, you get a human being, you get a member of my team that -hmm. can then reach back out to you and say, hey, Simone, you look lost. How can I help? Or, hey, Simone, you should talk to this other individual who's doing something really similar. And I think you guys can learn a lot from each other. So you're connecting yeah. The automized world, which we all need because we all have too much to do and too little yes, time absolutely. to do it. And connecting it with the in-person component, which is so important because we're in a world where everything is happening in front of our screens now, especially in the last 
year and a half, we, we have a lot of critics that speak up and say, go back out, be in real life, have human to human connections again, don't have a screen in between you. What you're doing is you're establishing first contact on the screen, and then somebody of your team is reaching out in person to do follow-ups and to build those people-to-people connections directly. Absolutely. And we partner with the community team at salesforce.com really closely, and they run our community group program, which are local in-person groups of people actually getting together. The industry term for this is user groups, where (laughs) people who work in various tech roles will get together and workshop and work on products and answer each other's questions. Sometimes you have to make the connections online, and sometimes it's just easier to connect online, especially with my customer base. They don't have the money to be traveling to a bunch of events and they don't have the time and the resources or maybe their board of directors or their bosses. Nope, not going to happen this year. So you do need that online piece. But I think there's a big resurgence of, and not just because of COVID, but definitely that pushed the bar even further. But to get people back together and to get them interacting and solving problems together and working together and being a little bit more united. I see that all the time in my community. You know, a lot of our local community groups are having meetings every month. Those are things that are happening every day. And then people develop real relationships. Recently, I had a member of my community that was road tripping across the United States. And I got to see all these pictures of her visiting another community member and staying with another one in the state. And it was just like, okay, this is more than just answering each other's technology questions. This is like real relationships and a real like value system. So it's very cool. You focus really on people, on the emotions, on what's behind it. We all know that community encourages creation and innovation, but you've also seen that, especially with your members, they report that they're more innovative because they're in that community. You should remember 93% of the people in your trailblazer community say, because of me being part of this community, I am more innovative. Tell me about that. Isn't that great? I think... A lot of it is we give people a lot of different options for how to engage and how to learn. We are working very closely with our partners in the Trailblazer community who are part of our Trailhead, which is our online learning system for Salesforce. So you can do gamified learnings. You can connect with other individuals. You can find an in-person meeting. You can really fit it to your needs, which makes being innovative a lot easier because you're working with yourself. You're not working against how you want to learn and how you want to innovate. And I also think you're learning from each other. People do really cool things and you want to learn from them. But also I think there's that aspect of if they can do it, I can do it too. That's awesome. And what's possible on the platform. So I think it's really an interesting statistic for me to hear every time and heartwarming. That's how they feel about it. You've been doing this for a long time at Salesforce, a technology company, but that type of outreach, that type of engagement of important stakeholders is really for every organization out there, small organizations, big organizations, medium organizations, all sectors. It doesn't need to be the tech community. Exactly. Um, And I work with organizations that also have their own communities. So what I'm doing also extends into their work. If you're working at a university, your alumni network is hugely important. Your student community is hugely important. And figuring out how to engage with those individuals and what they want from their connection with you is so important. I think what organizations don't realize sometimes is 
you can be that connector. You can be the common point of interest for two people, for 35,000 people, whatever it is, you can be that common interest. Salesforce is that common interest for millions of people. They are evangelists of the technology and they love it and they're excited to talk to each other about it. But say it's your university or it's a nonprofit, you already have that audience of people who are passionate about what you do and who want to connect with each other. And when they connect with each other, they then view that as their connection with you in a certain way. And I think that's what a lot of organizations are realizing coming out of COVID and also just evolving. We're now dealing with a market of people that have grown up with social media, that have grown up connecting to each other online and really understand this presence and they're used to it. So building off that is really important for organizations to thrive. When I went into community management six years ago, I would have to say to people, oh, I'm a community manager. And then they'd be like, what's that? And I'd have to go into this long explanation. And now nine times out of 10, I say I work in community management and people are like, oh, cool. Or tell me about that. Or wow, yeah, we're developing a community at my organization. So it really, in a short period of time, went from something nobody knows what you're talking about to something that your mom can explain at a dinner party. <laughs> and we all know that it's not managing a Facebook account or a Twitter account or a LinkedIn account. We have differences here. Absolutely. And I think that's really important. You build your own community platform on whatever technology that you choose. And some people do start with a Facebook group or start with a group of people on Twitter, or um, our community actually was born from a Google group many years ago. But you want to eventually, when you have the appetite for it, and when you have the core group of people, move them onto your own platform so that you can manage the conversation, so that you can know the metrics, so that you can understand what's going on. If you're living in someone else's platform, you're not going to get that kind of information that's really going to drive you forward in your strategy with community management in any way. It's really important to identify where your community is now. So if it is on Facebook now and you have a really thriving Facebook group now, engage with those people. Ask them what they want. Ask them how they want a community built. Ask them what features and resources they need and have them be a part of every decision that you're making about your community because at the end of the day, it's for them. It's not for you. There is two voices that I often hear from organizations who are considering building their own community. One voice is, oh my God, it's too expensive. It's too much effort. It takes so much time. I don't have people. I don't have the money. And the other voice is, if I have a community, oh my God, what if people say something negative about me? What if a snowball gets rolling and then we can't stop it? And my response yeah. is always, well, wouldn't you want to be where the conversation is so that you can help clarify things so that you can respond to it so that you can be part of that conversation with your members, with your stakeholders. Yeah. And I think I would even take it a step further. And like, so what if people are saying bad things about you? Don't you want to know? Don't you want to fix that problem? And I think that we tend to be so scared of those types of criticisms. If you have community members all banding together to make a change, you can really be a part of that change. You know, our community members came together earlier this year and said, we want more transparency in pricing. We want to know exactly how much things cost. 
We don't want to always have to be calling our salesperson and doing this and doing that. Our product VPs and leads and presidents of things and big, powerful people heard that from our community and they took actions and they made it easier for our customers to find that information and they posted things online. It's both is you can't afford not to be managing that conversation. And so yes, people could be saying horrible things about you on Twitter and you may never know the conversation. It's going to happen in this other place. And if they're coming to you to, to complain or have that conversation, you can engage and you can fix the problem and you can point them to the resources. And for me, nine times out of 10, it's a misunderstanding if someone is complaining. I am very fortunate to have a community of problem solvers and generally excited, happy people. So I don't <laughs> get a ton of that. But I know it is something that a lot of community managers deal with. And a lot of community managers are also managing social. I think my recommendation to those people is if a conversation is happening on social and you want to control the conversation a little bit more, but also you want to provide them the best customer service possible, move that conversation to the community. Very good advice. And your members are very engaged. I love that. What is it that you do to encourage that engagement? Because that's something also that we often see communities are started. You, you know, yes. have your first two, three, four months where everybody's excited and then mm, excitement trails yes. off a little bit. Yes. Communities are left out to die. Yeah. So what advice do you have? <laughs> So it's funny, I always think of there's, I'm probably dating myself here, but there was a movie (laughs) called Field of Dreams, where they would say, if you build it, they will come. That is not true. (laughs) With communities, if you build it, they're not necessarily just going to show up and want to be a part of it. You really have to engage people. I think the number one thing that you need to do is hire a dedicated community manager. That is Step one, I think oftentimes organizations think, oh, I'll just tag this onto marketing's job or customer success job, or it can be our social person's job. You really need someone whose full-time job it is to be monitoring all the activity that happens in your community and also to be strategizing. Communities evolve, communities change. You want to be sure that you are being a part of that. And then once you have them in that community, you want to provide a great experience. So I think I talked earlier about our welcome messages, right off the bat, being sure that they're getting the answers to the questions they need. And if they're not getting the answers, they have a person that they can talk to. And then once they're engaging, I think a huge thing is thanking them. They're in my community, they're helping each other. So Mm -hmm. we thank them for that. They're helping us learn more about our product usage. So we thank them for that. We have programs for that, one that we call um, Hub Heroes for the Power of Us Hub. And Mm -hmm. we will highlight them in blogs and talk about the wonderful things that they're doing and give a little story about them personally. Um, There's also the Salesforce MVP program through our partners, um, the community team at Mm salesforce.com. And that is really customer evangelists and people that have shown that they have strong hold in the ecosystem. And through that, you get things like free tickets to Dreamforce and all sorts of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. But you can even go really small. Like I have a stack of note cards on my desk and I write people handwritten notes. And I say, thank you for that great comment that you made the other day. And I throw it in the mail or I send people stickers. My colleague once had a bunch of stickers and created a little mini contest in the community and was like, hey, who wants a sticker? And ended up sending them all over the world to all these people just because they were excited to get a little something and be thanked. So I think you can't forget the importance of that, of really like 
they're engaging and they're giving their time to something that is meaningful to them. So you really have to take that seriously. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of things that you said that provide a lot of value. And I want to repeat three things. First, you mentioned that in order to build a successful community, organizations really need to consider hiring a dedicated community manager. Absolutely. Dedicated community managers are rare, just like you also mentioned, often as part of marketing, sales, sometimes when it's communities that are internal employee communities, it's part of HR. How do you find a dedicated community manager who has the skills? Because it's not a business that we go to university for. It's not something that we have 10, 15 years of experience in. This is a very young field. So how do you identify those people? So there are some great organizations to reach out to. CMX Hub is one I like a lot. And they have a really thriving group on Facebook, but they have other ways to connect with them. And they have job boards that they post that have really great jobs out there, but also vice versa. You can post your jobs there and that you're getting a dedicated community of community managers that you're reaching. So I think that's really important. I also think giving people an opportunity, if you have these entry-level roles, to really learn from you and thrive. I have an individual on my team who is very new in her career and she didn't have the skill set necessarily, but she had the ability to talk to customers and she had the ability to work with people and she wasn't scared of confrontation and she really was willing to learn. And that is what I think can be really important. And sometimes you can't define that. I can't teach tone. I can't tell you how to engage in a community and how to be likable and how to have that thing. So really, I think if you see that in someone, the other stuff you can teach and the other stuff you can build on, it's really more the drive and the passion for community for me. And I think there are a lot of jobs that have transferable skills. Like I said, this was my, you know, first role in community. I had come from a nonprofit setting and working in nonprofits is where community started to click for me because I was working in workforce development and people were coming up to us in very dire situations, needing jobs. But how am I going to ensure that you get to work every day if you don't have a roof over your head? or you don't have meals, or you don't have childcare. So we really had to get scrappy when I was working in those agencies and make friends with other organizations and make friends with other people providing services and find the right way to get together. And it was really this, oh, okay, if I don't do these little things, this individual is not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. Very good. Another thing that you said I want to pick up on, which I find is truly important and also oftentimes a side product of communities is you mentioned that we need to have a strategy to approach community. We need to have a plan and not just a plan. What are we going to do tomorrow, next week, next month? But we need Mm -hmm. midterm and long-term plans to incorporate community into our DNA of the company, into all of our thinking. So how do you go about doing that? So the very first thing I think that people often don't do when they are building communities is they don't ask the constituents and the customers and the members what they want. So I always say that's step one. What's the goal of this community? And then from there, build goals and have metrics attached to those goals. If you're working in a for-profit organization, 
They want to know what the actual dollar amount of the community, what's the ROI? Like, how do you figure that out? What software do you need to do that? What formulas are you using? What does engagement mean? How do I figure that out? I think is hugely important. And then is is that always going to be our success metric? Because I think over the years, things will change. Early on, we were very focused on number of members. How many members can we get? Number. Now we're really focused on engagement. How many of those people are logging in and not just logging in, but doing something, reading an article, posting a question, connecting with an individual, taking a training, watching a webinar. You really want to make sure that they're using the community the way that you want them to. And then continue to iterate and build. And then also go back to step one, continue to ask. I talked about thanking our customers and creating groups of evangelists and people that you really want to work with. Talk to those people. Are their needs being met? Are they happy? Do they want to see something different? I'm working a lot on change management. A couple of years ago, we upgraded our platform itself. So the community looked different and felt different and you did different things. And so there was a lot of talking to community members about how to implement those changes and how to get excited for those changes and to bear with me when things yeah. didn't work technically and things like that. We're on the precipice of another change where we're moving the Power of Us Hub into the Trailblazer community, which is the mm-hmm. big Salesforce community. <laughs> and so we're at that kind of pivot point again, where we're saying, trust us, trust our strategy, come with us, help us help each other through this next phase. Yeah. And that brings me to the third point that you mentioned earlier that I wanted to reinforce. And that's again, provide a great experience. You're doing all that with the experience that your members have and will get as part of the community in mind. Yeah. That's amazing. So one of the questions I have, we all know Salesforce.com is a very big organization. Mm -hmm. You have the resources, you have the teams behind it. Also in your organization, senior leadership understands the value of community. You work with a lot of nonprofit organizations, so you have insight into the structures there. Um, Mm -hmm. If a nonprofit wants to start their own community, how do they go about convincing those decision makers that they need to give them the space to do it, the time to do it, and the resources to do it? How do they go to their decision makers and say, I want to be on the table when we have important discussions? when essential decisions have to be made. How do they go about doing that? And what do they tell their leadership? I think the first thing is to come prepared with numbers and metrics and data that back up what you want to do. Also show examples of other thriving communities and other customer experiences that you want to replicate. And sometimes if you're a nonprofit, that's not necessarily another nonprofit. It could be an experience you had with a consumer product that you found really powerful and great, and it increased their sales by X percent. Find those examples that you want to replicate and share them. But also, like I said, Ask your constituents. If you're at a nonprofit and you have a group of people that are really passionate about the work that you're doing, like I said earlier, they already have that commonality. You're past the first step. You don't have to get them excited about the work that you're doing. You just have to get them connected to each other. I think talk to those community members. Hey, talk to your big donors. What would get you to give more money? Maybe it is. Hey, if I knew that my donation would be coupled with 10 other people's donations who are excited about what I'm doing and we could make more impact together. That would be a big driver for me, whatever it may be. But 
you really have to do the research and put the numbers behind it and really have them understand the investment that you're making for the future and for your brand. Mm -hmm. Very well said. Perfect. Is there anything else from your side, Anne, that you think we should talk about today? Nothing comes to mind. You know, I um, I feel really thankful for the work that I do every day. I work, like I said, with some of the smartest, most interesting people I've ever gotten an opportunity to be around. I definitely was excited to get to talk to you about that today. And I, I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for being part of our show today. Thank you for listening to the Building Community Podcast. Is there a leader in your organization or network who needs to hear this? Please share this podcast with them. Help get the word out about the immense value of community. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave us a review. Until next time, help your communities thrive.